Hey guys, it's Adam coming to you live from the Drunk Gossip Studios here in New York City. It's about one o'clock in the morning, so of course instead of sleeping like a normal person, I am recording for you guys. <laughs> so I got an email today asking if if I'm really using production notes. Um, and, and I'm just making a long-term joke by saying I don't. The truth is, no, I don't use production notes. Um, when we go to the vlog, I have promised Will, the, uh, my new producer, that I will use um, production notes. Um, that way I get rid of the ums and the um, scattered brainness. But I also like to be a little bit more freewheeling, so we're trying to work on that a little bit. And you guys will actually be able to see me drinking. Um, right now I'm just having a little bit of sake. Um, from Fu- Fukushima. Um, Mary T, who will be guest hosting with, or guest hosting, co-hosting with me one day, um, introduced me to this brand and it's just wonderful. Um... But you know who won't be drinking or even trying sake for at least the next 18 years? Anne Hathaway. Now, I love me some Anne Hathaway. I think she's fabulous. Um, Probably one of the best actresses around. But what I don't love about her is she can be a little pretentious at times. And don't come at me. Don't at me on Twitter. Don't come at me on Facebook. Um, by the way, if you guys haven't liked face, um, like Drunk Gossip on Facebook, um, it's still under the Generation Gossip banner. I'm trying to work with Facebook right now to get it changed. But that's that's us. That's where I promote a lot of my articles and episodes of Drunk Gossip. So go like us. Um, you can also like Ed Anderson's. Um, Ed Anderson's author page on Facebook. Follow me on Twitter, author Ed Anderson. Um, Instagram, again, author Ed Anderson. Um, anyways, back to Anne Hathaway. Um, she can be a little pretentious. She can be a little, um, out there. But she's a good actress, and I really believe she's a good person at heart. Um... Here's what she had to say to Ellen today. Um, I quit drinking back in October. I'm going to stop drinking while my son is living in my house. Just because I don't totally love the way I do it. And he's getting to an age where he really does need me all all the times in the morning. Um, And she told a story about filming Serenity, her new movie. Um... And she met with the director um, after a night of drinking with Matthew McConaughey and his wife. Um, The director's name is... This is why I yelled at about using production notes. Um, Stephen Knight. His name is... The director's name is Stephen Knight. Um, So she met with him... And the meeting went well. And she said to him later on, Hey, did you know that I was hungover? And he's like, No, I had no idea. 
Um, anyways, and then they met again, and he was like, oh, yeah, now, now I see it. Now I totally see it. Yeah. Um, you know, as I always say, like, joking about drinking and everything aside, you have to do what's best for you. Um, I don't really believe I could stop drinking, not because I'm addicted or, um, like, it's not an everyday part of my life, um, despite my brand being built upon drinking. (laughs) But just because I do enjoy relaxing, um, a little bit, and, you know, it helps you dance, it helps you just, like, ease into the music, um, but I don't get blackout drunk, and I think that's the biggest difference, um, and it seems like in this case, not that she, not that Anne Hathaway got blackout drunk all the time, but it definitely seems like she, um, did a little, she, she drank a little more than she should have known she was going to be in a professional meeting the next day. My rule is, if I have to work the next day, I don't drink. Um, That's why, like, for my birthday, I was able to go a little bit more wild than normal because I knew I wasn't working. Um, But generally speaking, I wouldn't even have a drink if I have to work the next day just because I want to make sure that I'm at my peak. And speaking of being at my peak, I'm going to go and I will be right back. And I'm back. So, okay, I just, I just have to share this with you guys. One of the songs I really love to just rock out to and, um, that I lay back and enjoy and whatever, um, is called If I Wanted To. It's by Melissa Etheridge, um... And basically, the whole premise of the song is she is saying um, that she could stop loving this person if she really wanted to. And, um, you know, I... It's just one of those songs where you can just sit and listen to it. Um, it's inspired some writing. It's inspired some... Um, when I say it's inspired some writing, I listened to it I w- when I was doing NaNoWriMo in November. Um, and I don't even remember why I did this, but... For, for almost an hour... I just had that song on repeat as I was working on my book, Crazy Rich Homos. So why am I telling you this minute and a half long story? It's because I love Melissa Etheridge. Um, I think she's fabulous. I think um, she's so talented. And um, one of, if not the best singer-songwriter out there. And to that end, I'm really excited that she is going to be writing the music for the Broadway musical Mystic Pizza. <clears throat> Mystic Pizza, of course, is uh, was a movie in the 1980s. Um, 
play was Julia Roberts' first role. And in a way, um, it, it kind of made Julia Roberts a star. Not in the way that Pretty Woman made her a star. But it was popular enough that it helped her book um, Steel Magnolias and then ultimately Pretty Woman, which is what launched her into the stratosphere. Um, so the Broadway musical is going to follow the basic plotline of Mystic Pizza. Um, and of course there's going to be, um, lots of fabulous music because Melissa Etheridge is writing it. Um, this is her first musical that she's working on. And I, I'm just so excited to see what she comes up with. Um, and it was really funny... I was talking with my friend the other day, and we really want to go see the Cher show. And then we were talking about other stars who should have a Broadway musical, and I was like, you know, I would love to, obviously, if you know me or anything about me, or if you've heard me speak for five minutes, you know I love Britney, so I was like, you know, I think Britney would, like... Brittany has to have her own musical at some point. Um, and then we were talking about... Um, he was talking about, like, Joan Jett. And... Um, Gloria Gaynor. And I was like, you know... What about Morse Etheridge? Like, I really like the more rocky musicals, like Rent and... Um, even though it's not really rocky, I love Hamilton. Like, I could sit here and listen to Hamilton all day. And of course, you know, Wicked, but... <coughs> um, and so we we were just talking about that. Um, and, and I don't... When I'm talking about this, I'm not talking necessarily about a bio-musical. Um, although that would be really cool. Um, no, what I'm talking about is more of a, um, you know, just a, a, jukebox, a jukebox musical based around the songs. Um, like, Lady Gaga is kind of doing it in Vegas now with her show in Enigma. Um, where you're just telling a story through the songs. Whether that's about the the artist themselves or not, um, I would really love to see a Melissa McCarthy, uh, Melissa McCarthy, Melissa Etheridge musical, um, just based around her most popular songs. I am also going to go and get some more sake, and I'll be right back. And I'm back. So this was, this story is a little strange. Um, me and my dad look very much alike. Um, even though we we've both at one point or another have tried to deny our um, relation that that we're related, I should say actually. Um, because we you look so similar, it's very hard to pull off. Um, I actually had a twisted theory at one point that I wasn't actually my parents' kid. I was actually my um, beloved 
it's a child, um, and it was a crazy theory that nobody ever bought, I don't even think I bought it, um, but it, it, you know, my aunt, I really did love my aunt to death, um, she was a black sheep just like me, so I felt like she understood me better, but ultimately me and my dad have, um, a better relationship now than what we we have had in the past, and everything is groovy. Um, to steal one of his phrases, um, unfortunately, Michael Gandolfini doesn't doesn't have that opportunity. Um, his father James Gandolfini passed away um, in. 2013? Um, and for those of you who don't know or don't remember, James Gandolfini is most famous for playing Tony Soprano on The Sopranos. Um, he won a slew of Emmys and um, was just really beloved. Well, David Chase, the creator of The Sopranos, is writing a prequel. No, a pre a prequel feature film. Um, and this is gonna be all about how, um. Basically, how Tony Soprano became who he was. It's his younger years and whatever, and they were looking for an actor to play. Um, the younger version of Tony Soprano. Now, obviously, since James Gandolfini passed. They couldn't ask him to do it. And since it's a younger version, they couldn't ask him to do it anyways. But they searched high and low. And you would think that the star's kid would be at the top of the list. But no, that's not what happened at all. They went on a nationwide search and they kept auditioning. And they kept, like, just... Making this poor kid wait and wait and wait and wait. And finally they gave him the role. Um, and the producers talk about this and all, like, with the casting news. They're all like, oh my gosh, like, you know, we looked high and low and we didn't really think he was right for the role. I don't know what they mean by that. Like, how is he not right for the role? Um... It definitely can be a physical thing because he looks just like his father. Um, so did they mean that they didn't think he had enough uh, gravitas to pull it off? Did they think that his acting chops were lacking and therefore he would not be able to bring it home, so to speak? What exactly did they mean? They they haven't really said, but they they really did. They kept looking and looking and looking until finally um, they, he gave an audition and blew them all away again. And I don't know how many auditions he went through, but it had to be quite a few because they were like, they made it a point to let us know that this role was not just handed to him. Um, maybe it's a nepotism thing. Maybe they don't want to be accused of nepotism. 
But in this case, I kind of wish that they would be like, yeah, we gave it to him because he, because he is James Gandolfini's kid, and we really, really thought that <clears throat> it was best to go with someone who looked just like the erstwhile Tony Soprano, and, you know, we have every faith in his acting ability. That's just me, though. I'm going to go, and I'll be right back. And I'm back. So, in the last episode, we talked all about the Oscar nomination. If you haven't listened, go listen to that right after you finish this episode. The next segment is all about the big story of the day, Chris Brown being arrested for rape. Um, But for now, we're going to do a blind item called Oscar Yelling, and it comes from our good friends over at BlindGossip.com. For all the best blind items, go over to Blind Gossip and enjoy yourself. Um, as I said, this is called um, Oscar Yelling, and it says the Academy Awards. No, the Academy Award nominations came out this morning. Of course, everyone associated with any movie or person who is nominated for anything is happy and thrilled and honored and proud. Well, except for this guy. The film got a nom, but he didn't get one for directing. He was yelling in the phone, that's my film. How is that even possible? How is that even possible? Oh, it's possible. He's not dumb, though. He'll definitely put the happy, thrilled, honored, proud message out there in public about the film getting a nomination. He absolutely wanted that directing nomination, though. And... I mean, there's a few people this could be. Um, Ryan Coogler, who directed Black Panther. Um, Farley, who um, directed Green Book. Peter Farley, I believe his name is. But, without a doubt, this is about Bradley Cooper. For for a couple of reasons. Um, first of all, Black Panther was a surprise nominee. Period. Um, it, as I mentioned in the episode yesterday, or not, I keep saying yesterday, in the last episode, um, it, there could be a million different reasons why it was given a nomination. But... The, the the fact of the matter is, yes, it was a great movie. Um, and yes, it probably ranked as one of the ten best films of the year, without a doubt. Um, so the fact that it, it it is a mostly black movie is is just groundbreaking. The fact that it's this... I, and I was wrong yesterday. I thought The Dark Knight was nominated for um, Best Picture. It was not. It was, The only nomination I got was for... Or the only major nomination I got was for Heath Ledger's performance. Um, Best Supporting Actor. So that was my bad. Um, so Black Panther is the first superhero movie to break through that barrier and get a Best Picture nomination. It's not going to win. I think we're years away from a superhero movie winning Best Picture. But what we are going to have here is um, 
A Star is Born has eight nominations. Not the leader of the pack, but a very decent showing. And um, for this being Bradley Cooper's first time out, that's very, very, very good. Um, and there's a lot of talk, oh, you know... Um, it happened to Ben Affleck with Argo. Um, you know, the Academy has a real issue with these pretty boys becoming directors and whatever, blah, blah, blah. And maybe there's something to that. Or maybe they just didn't think that Bradley Cooper deserved a directing nomination. Because it's... I'm not saying it's easy to direct yourself and others. Um, But the performance that came out of Lady Gaga was basically... Like, that whole storyline is what she actually went through minus the the boyfriend dying. Um, But to get an Oscar nomination out of these really talented performers... Is not in itself a miracle. Um, not with an Oscar baiting movie, not with, like I said, talented performers, and Lady Gaga is may may not be an actress, but she's still a very talented performer. No matter what people say about her. Um. So Bradley, please be happy that you got a Best Actor and. Uh, nomination and um, there's a chance you're going to walk away with um, two Oscars on Oscar night for best actor and for best picture you did a great job I'm going to go and I'll be right back and I'm back so the big story of the day was of course Chris Brown being arrested in um, Paris for rape. Um, The news broke this morning that he had been detained and the police were checking into it. Um, Details are a little bit sketchy at this point as to what actually happened. Here's what we know. He was with a model um, who, who remains unnamed at this time. Um, they went back to his hotel, and apparently there was some drinking and some drug usage. Um, when I say drug usage, I mean cocaine. And apparently, Chris Brown tried to rape her, and she fought back, and then his bodyguards beat her up. She went to the Paris police. Um, Shortly after going to the Paris police, they went and arrested him to stop him from leaving the country and began investigating. Um, Sometime before his release, or at least that 
at least that we knew he had been released publicly, Chris Brown went on um, Instagram and said, fuck that bitch. And then followed it up with a long post saying that it's against his morals, he would never do that, yada, yada, yada. Here's the thing. He's lying. I'm not saying he actually raped this woman. I don't know. I wasn't there. But he says it's against his morals to hurt a woman. But we are forgetting that he beat Rihanna. Okay? And I need to stress this. He beat Rihanna to the point where she had to cancel her Grammy performance the next day because he beat her so badly. Um, he's been accused of rape several times since then um, and beating women. This is not against his morals. It's against his morals to get caught. It's against... He rarely gets caught. He rarely gets tried or arrested for it. Um, I don't remember if it was last year or the year before um, he pulled a gun on a woman and then there was a standoff outside of his home because of this. I don't know if you guys remember this. Um, but basically, the way the story went was the woman was trying to leave, and he wanted her to sign, it, sign an NDA agreement. She refused because she was going to the cops to tell them um, about something that he did. Cops showed up, and there's this big standoff, and finally... Um, that stopped. He let them in. Let them do the search that they wanted to do. Um, they didn't find anything to charge him with. Um, but I think a few of his buddies actually got arrested for possession. Um, and again, like he he really does skirt a, skirt the law a lot. Um, he got probation for the Rihanna stuff. Um, he got into a fist fight and violated the probation, but somehow didn't end up having to serve any time. Um, and in this case, he's not going to serve any time either. Um, as I mentioned, he was released. Um, <clears throat> I don't know what the timeline was for um, the Instagram post and him being released. Um, maybe he made that post from within the jail. Maybe he was um, already released. I don't know. But the Paris police don't seem to be pursuing any charges against him. Um, he is starting to sue the model for defamation. And I'm going to I'm going to say this right now. He is never going to file that lawsuit. How do I know? Because he doesn't want to be deposed. It's the same reason Harvey Weinstein tries to get all of the lawsuits against him dismissed because they don't want to be deposed. They don't want to have to testify. They don't want things coming out because he's already on shaky ground as it is. R. Kelly was just um, just lost his record deal and there's a very good chance that Chris could lose his um, if it turns out that he's raping women and treating them poorly the record 
the record label will overlook a lot. But as soon as the public turns on him, so will the record label. That's the way the business works. I'm going to stay on top of this story. Um, But for now, I am lifting my sake bottle and saying cheers. Cheers.